Hi everyone, I'm Eleanor and you're listening to Sweet Deviation, the podcast designed to help you navigate, organize, and get creative while living with ADD. In each episode, I'll share personal stories, tricks, and insights that I've used to break through daily challenges. And together, we will lean into the diagnosis and stop fighting our natural tendencies. Hi, and welcome to another episode. Today's a second bonus episode. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to start there because it's been a real nerve-wracking 24 hours. I had told myself that I would not quit. Those of you with ADD know that we can get really wrapped into the details and really focused on something, want to do it with all of our hearts, and then for some reason we just give up or we don't finish the task. So I had told myself that I would commit to doing 10 episodes. And then depending on how I felt after having done those 10 episodes, I would decide whether or not I would even bother to put them up on my website. So you're here because I have finished my 10 episodes and I did in fact go live last night, which was nerve wracking and a whole other story. But I'm mentioning it now because I could not have done it without the huge support of my friends, right? We all do um, need to lean on our friends occasionally. So this is a shout out to obviously Jim, who's like never ending supportive, just the greatest. But also my college friend, Chris, who I've talked about in previous podcasts, has been a real, um, a good ear and someone that I can rely on because he's brutally honest with me. Jim loves me. Chris probably does too, but Jim definitely does. So I know that if I say something to him, like I could show him the ugliest thing that I stitched together and he would find something good to say about it because that's just Jim and he doesn't want to hurt my feelings. Chris, on the other hand, would look at that and say like, what in the world were you doing? Like you need to sleep or take a nap or something because this is not good. And I can uh, always count on his honesty. So anyway, I thought that I would dedicate this episode to leaning on some friends. I give myself challenges because I want to stretch and I want to learn something new. That's what motivates me. I can get stuck in a rut pretty easily. And one of the podcast challenges that I had put on myself was to do an over-the-phone interview. And so I thought, well, who better to call than Chris? So I did give him a call, and I'm just going to let you all listen in. And this is just non-scripted call. Uh, A lot of stuff had been pulled out because we did talk forever. Uh, And you can find the excerpts. I'm going to link up some other just ridiculous old stories that what might be interesting, but not necessarily going to move us forward in terms of ADD, unless you have it so badly that you cannot resist clicking those links, in which case enjoy because it's pretty crazy. Um, So anyhow, I'm going to talk no more. I'm going to get right to it. And I'm going to let you listen in to our conversation. Here we go. All right. So I appreciate you listening to them and giving me all of your feedback. Like it has been really huge because I get, you know how it is. It's, I'm my own worst enemy. You know this. Right. Because I want to get your perspective on things. Basically, we're going to make it about me for a change. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, do you remember how we met or where we met? Because I'm curious to see if your memory is the same as mine. Yes. My early recollection was passing you in the parking lot next to the journalism building. That was my first memory of seeing you. Okay. I don't know if I, if we actually met, but I remember seeing you and smiling at you. Uh-huh. 
but I think we met, like officially started talking inside the studios, right? So my specific memory, and again, I don't know why I have this memory because it's been such a long time ago, but I think we, did we not meet during a telethon? Maybe. Well, I, for I think somehow my you memory, were running uh, a camera. We were both running cameras during the telethon. And we were annoyed. <laughs> no. Did I not fall asleep and my camera started going into the light? Yes, and they started yelling at you because they were the tube cameras and they were going <laughs> to blow, blow up $40,000 worth of camera yes. equipment. And they were yelling at you and you were oblivious to that. You were the camera they were referencing. Because <laughs> I was falling asleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the yes. memory that I have. Like, that's the first memory of, we laughed so hard about it. And I really thought, like, I like the fact, I, you know, again, my memory is sketching. But it's all these years, I remember thinking that it, I like that you called me out on it. Right? Because uh -huh. then I felt uh -huh. like at least he's being honest to my face. Because <laughs> you laughed right at me. And then it seems like we had, did they have, I don't know if they had food or what, but we wound up going to get drinks. Like, not drinks, but like, they had, like, their... Yes, they had in the, they like had in the studio table. behind the main one. Yeah, in Studio B, they always had like the spread in there, and that's where everybody retreated. Yes. Uh, no. During the, when they would go back to original programming, and people would kind of retreat in there and, and eat and gab. So and I remember of, that at one point we went in there and we laughed, and then I instantly knew like, he's my people, because that was hilarious. Yes. So, okay, that's good. I'm glad you confirmed that because I don't know why for in my, in my head, that was a memory that I had of how we yeah. first really like how I knew. Yeah, but I had seen you on campus prior to that. We had, and I didn't know that you were a journalism major, but I had passed you on a couple of occasions going back to my car. There was a class that I was taking at the time and you must've been going to a class at that time because we had passed each other on more than one occasion. And we always kind of smiled at each other and nodded our head, uh -huh. you know, but no words were ever spoken. Right, right. But actually seeing you, that's my first memory. All right, all right. Okay, so my next question, I, I do want to know this. Like at what point, and be honest, you're not going to hurt my feelings, but right. at what point did you realize there was something a little bit off about me? And when I say off, I mean like the whatever. I don't think it was off. You had a biting wit about you and I was drawn to that. <laughs> Because I think we were both self-deprecating and we found humor in that. Mm -hmm. And we found humor in the absurd. So I never looked at it as like there was something wrong there. But there I was drawn to it. It was fun. It was like, oh, we're going to go have a good time today. Right. But there you know, wasn't I knew anything... that whenever we hung out, we were going to laugh and we were going to have a good time. Was there an... And uh... we were absurd. <laughs> I am. So is, was there like an ADD aspect? Again, at the time we didn't know what it was, but was there an ADD aspect at the time that you thought either you resonate with or, you know, I still don't know how you feel about that because I, def I can admit that I am. Yeah, well, I am. Well, I think at the time, the thing that you were going through, and I didn't think it was weird because there was nothing unusual about how you were handling it, but you were coming off of a breakup with somebody. Right. And that was kind of really dictating at the time some self-worth things with you? It's an interesting story for sure, because I think there was an impulsiveness there. So that was going to be my next question, is what is the most impulsive thing or a couple of things that have been impulsive that you've seen me do? 
Okay, the first one that sticks to my head was you picking up a hitchhiker <gasps> on the way to school. <laughs> I did, I did. <laughs> you showed up to class and you're like, I just did something. And I said, what? And you said, I picked up a hitchhiker. And I said, why would you do that? <laughs> yes. And I just remember you thinking, I have pepper spray in my car and it's on the other, it's on the other door. So I can't even reach it if something goes awry here. And your yeah. little two, two-seater Fiero. Yes, that's right. So the, yes. the, let me tell you the whole story about that is I was, I was going to school, but it was actually a couple. So I, the reason I picked them up is I felt sorry for them. And I only had two-seater, but the, I thought it's a couple. How dangerous can they be? Right. So he sat down and then she sat on his lap. And I thought, well, I'll just take him into the city limits because I was coming in from outside of town and because I was commuting then. So I took him in. And at the first stop where I'm about to turn left on university, I told him, OK, well, this is as far as I go. And they said, no, you need to take us further. And I'm thinking this is not how this works. <laughs> and that's when I realized that the the. A mace was actually across them. I mean, they could have sprayed me. It was really ridiculous. So I was in my mind thinking, how do I just, you know, rev up? I watch too many TV shows, right? How do you rev up the engine and then kick on your brakes? You can just eject them. I was so afraid. So yeah, okay, that's one. Now, is there another thing that you felt was really impulsive? Uh, there were our shopping trips. I felt like those were just <laughs> sort of like, let's go to the mall and let's just open up credit cards and shop. <laughs> That, was <laughs> that became our thing. I wouldn't say any of that stuff was bad, though. I mean, the, the hitchhiker stuff was kind of like, why would you do that? You know, and it was like I was bored. And, <laughs> and you were just trying to kind of lighten up the day a little bit, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that a turned, spark to it. It did add a spark. So I do remember our shopping sprees, and those were fun because we did the whole um, incognito game, which was fun. The incognito games were great. So yeah. just to kind we of all, give... Let me say, okay. let, me get, let me get back to okay, Hold on. So incognito, we would go to the mall and we would separate and then we would change yes. <laughs> clothes, scarves, glasses, hats, wigs, and then we would come out changed. Is yes. that how you remember incognito? Yes. And we would role play. So sometimes <laughs> like if I were in JCPenney's, I would put on like a pair of big sunglasses and pretend like I was one of those 80s, uh, you know, Sunday night movies where I'm hiding from somebody and walking around the store to see what kind of reaction I got out of people. Yeah, yeah, we were probably annoyed a lot of people, but we had a blast. So that, those were fun days. But, you know, as fun as that is, I'm really surprised that you didn't say the most impulsive thing that I did was Well, there's one. I haven't gotten to all of it. Oh, yet. go, go, go. Let me hear it. <laughs> okay. So the most impulsive thing you did while we were in college was going away on a weekend and I came back on a Monday and you were doing break tapes and I said, how did your weekend go? And you said, I got married. And I was like, what? Isn't that ridiculous? And you got married to a man that you had known for what, maybe about a month or two? I had known him for about four months because I, I met him in November and we got married in February, yeah. Yeah, and that was it. it not even so much with the hitchhikers, because I was amused by that story, but that was the one that I was kind of like, what was that about? Yeah. You know? So let me tell you. I wasn't you. really sure. I didn't know how to react to it when you told me, because I thought like, well, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. And I, I've had all these years to look back on that, right? I really think that when I met this person, he was kind, that I was really close to graduating. And I didn't have a plan after graduation. 
because even though I was doing okay with the broadcasting, I didn't have, I didn't have a plan. I had done a little internship, but it was just not, it, I, I just didn't ever feel at home or confident there. And I was about to graduate and I was scared out of my mind. So honestly, I, I really think that that was a, a, a re knee jerk response because I was done being a student and I didn't have another role to walk into. And he seemed safe. I mean, yeah. that really is the bottom line to it. And that's, See, and I, that's the first time I've heard more of a kind of a fleshed out of what that was, fleshed out explanation of what that was. Because at the time, what you loved about him was that he could dance. He yeah. was great on the dance floor with you. Mm -hmm. And you talked about just that you guys could dance and dance and dance. And, and he was. He was a little gregarious, too, at the time. I think there was, a, there was an attachment to whatever he was giving out at that time. Uh, but I didn't know it was deep beyond that. Yeah. I, I remember thinking afterwards, like, wow, he must be able to bust a move on there, you know, <laughs> in order to get her to marry him. But I was concerned about it. I was, I was genuinely like, I wanted to be happy for you, but I was also like, that's a big step. And how well do you know this person? Yeah, you no, know? there's no question about it. Looking back now, had it been my child in that same position? Absolutely not. I don't think that I would have, I would have done everything I could to stop it. But at the time, I didn't have that family to lean on. So I was about to graduate. I wouldn't be a student anymore. So I didn't have that role. And I didn't really have a family to go back to either. So yeah, it was impulsive. And I think that at the time, I was still pretty kind of devastated from the the, the way my plans hadn't worked out before because it was a real difficult time because I just didn't know what I was going to do and I was scared out of my mind. Now, to my credit, I, I do think that having lasted 15 years, I did everything I could to make it work. I really, mm -hmm. you know, I tried my very, very best. All right, I have just a few more questions for you and then we'll get into okay. something else. But I want to ask you this because one of the things that I know I do based on I don't know if it's because of my abandonment issues or whatever. You know all about that. But yeah. have I ever tried quitting on you? And what was that like from your perspective? Because that's something that I know I do. And it has it been a detriment to me. I've lost good friends. Yeah. Okay. So you and I have not had a lot of... Uh turbulence in our relationship. I mean, I think we get along really well, especially for knowing each other for 20 plus years. But there have been a couple of incidences where <laughs> there was turbulence. One of them we were able to get over right away. The first one happened, I don't even remember what happened. At a McDonald's? That, but we were at a McDonald's and you and I were just so salty with each other when we were eating our food. And then we started laughing and it was kind of over. I think mm -hmm. we realized just how absurd it was. I don't know that we laughed then, laughed la maybe later, but I remember you dropped me off in front of the, t uh, the newsroom and you were, you were like, yeah. get out of my car. <laughs> out of my car. Yeah, I was done. <laughs> but I don't even remember what started the, I what happened know. that you and I got into an impasse that day about something and we ended up going to get something to eat. And usually our lunches were fun and we were laughing and we were just nuts. And that particular lunch, like it was just like icy as heck. Yeah. And I dropped you off, but then we ended up laughing about it. And it was we just did. kind of, yeah. And it was one of those things we would reference over the years. Like we never want to go back to McDonald's sort of thing. <laughs> but then fast forward many years later. So we meet in San Antonio. And you were kind of going through some stuff at the time too. This was post my divorce. This is this was post your divorce. You mm -hmm. had moved to Houston, and I thought this isn't friendship ending to me. Do you know what I mean? I remember you said we're that having on the a phone. disagreement. Like this is not tearing up the friendship card. Like 
we're having a moment, but the friendship's not over. And that's when I was just like, look, this isn't like a deal breaker, just so you know. <laughs> like, I distinctly remember that you had left a voicemail and I remember kind of sitting with it. And I thought like, oh yeah, for you, you it wasn't even like, we're not going to entertain the idea that this is a deal breaker. It's not a deal breaker. You basically said, just, you'll get over it and you'll be fine. <laughs> yes. And I thought, really, you have some nerve to tell me how yes. I'm going to handle this. But in the end, I think, yeah, you know, that I, it was reassuring for me to know that you didn't just bail too. I think for yeah. me at the point it was that we were upset. I had upset you, I was upset. And I think that my greatest fear was I have to leave before I get left because it was gonna to be too devastating. Your friendship was so important to me that I was gonna leave it on my terms, not yours. Because then I could leave right. with that. So that's been an interesting dynamic. And I think you're a, a, just a handful of some of my oldest friends that I can say we've been through those turbulent times and you didn't let go. So I appreciate right. that. Thank you. I oh, really do welcome. appreciate it. I guess now with Jim, I don't have the same fear that he'll leave. I don't. It's right. not a concern of mine. But in the past, it was always kind of in the back of my mind how dangerous caring for somebody is because you expose yourself to potential, you know, devastating injury. Right. Okay. So, this is where it gets uncomfortable for us because okay. I want to ask about two things in response in the framework of ADD or having this distractive impulsivity, spontaneity, and all of the things that kind of get in the way. Is there something that stands out that you've seen both how it has affected me negatively and how it has been a positive attribute? Okay. I'm going to go with the positive first. I think the positive thing is take is your that, time. Be very thoughtful about no lots right? of details. <laughs> exactly. No, the positive thing is is that you're able to turn circumstances around very quickly with it. I think that you are able to zone in on here's my mission, and you're able to make things happen very quickly. Whether it is building an income, or starting a new um, project or even in the case of rebuilding your life with very little, you packed up a car and took your kids and rebuilt your life in Houston and, and you're determined and you're focused and you're not deterred. You know what the end game is, you know what's at stake, you know what you need to do to plant both feet firmly on the ground and you're able to do things very quickly. And I think you're also able to move up in the ranks very quickly wherever you're at. So whether you're working at the TV station or you're working at, a, at the car dealership, immediately people recognize the value and what you bring and they're trying to promote you, which is what most people want and never get. And, <laughs> and I get promoted to, and I get bailed. You're able to achieve and that. <laughs> then you're like, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to run this company. This <sighs> is just a passing moment for me, you know? But I do think you have the ability to be very successful at what you're doing and pretty much anything you set your mind to, you know, and that's just not something that you see with a lot of people. Most people give the bare minimum. And as long as they're giving the minimum and what's expected, they're okay with that. And you're kind of like, well, I'm here. <laughs> this isn't working. This is, how do we make this better? And you know how to manage a situation. And then people usually in charge see the benefit to that. Yeah. So that's a huge huge plus, which is why I always knew you were going to be great in starting your own business, even though you were filled with doubt, like, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. But you had talked so much about it over the years that this was the path that you wanted to take in your life, which was moving to the country, 
starting your own business, having your own farm, uh, being more self-sufficient with growing your own food and, and not being so reliant on other people. That was a great thing. Yeah. And you made it happen. You know, all of and, that has come to pass. Right. With, and with and success. just what we were just talking about before I started recording is that I'm at the point where I'm bored again. So yes. <laughs> so let's say, let's let that segue into the things that are ways that it has been, I guess, I, mean, I guess you've said it, you know, that I do get bored. So that would be one of the qualities that show up that have been uh, to a, a detriment to me. Yes. Once the task has been completed and you're not really sure where you can take it from there, or it doesn't, I don't even know where it's that you don't know where to take it from there. It's that the, the bulk of the work has been done. The most challenging part of it has been done and it becomes kind of boring to you. It's like, this isn't as interesting now. The bulk of the work is done. So the adrenaline is not there anymore. Hmm. Yeah, you know, the focus isn't there anymore. And planning out what this business was going to be. And then it opened. I think the biggest setback to that was your own self-doubt kicks in. Like, are people really interested in what I have to say? Even though your talent is on clear display. Like anybody can walk in and see that you have done all of this stuff. Everything on the shelves is things that you have created. And there is talent on display there. But there is doubt that you let seep into your psyche that, why would anybody want to buy this? Is it good enough? Yeah. No, I appreciate you, know? you saying that because I'm really trying to come to terms with it. I try to pull myself out of the situation and think if this were somebody else, a friend of mine that was in the same situation, I would want to encourage them to see the value that they bring to something, which is why this podcast has been helpful to me because I, I'm less likely to allow myself to spiral downward because I feel like people are relying on me to come back, you know, and, and record the next one and be optimistic. So it is a learned habit, I think, to be so self-deprecating. And sometimes it is fun. I'm not going to lie. Like sometimes when we joke, and Jim's the same way, we'll, we'll joke about things that are hilarious because it's just really putting a light on the ridiculousness mm -hmm. of some of our, our quirks. But when it doesn't serve me, I think that it's, I, I need to bounce off of that. Like I need, I, I want to shed that. So, but I think you're also a perfectionist. And I think that happens yeah. with a lot of creative people. You suffer from that on some level, you know, where you have something to bring to the table. You're, when you set your mind to something, you are very good at it. And you're willing to, to look back at how you're doing stuff and fix it. But the moment it becomes something that other people are going to, look at and possibly give their opinion on it's like i'm going to give the negative opinion first before they have a chance to do it it's almost like i'm going to soften mm. the blow yeah. by tearing it apart before somebody else does which is something you and i have talked about in reference to this podcast where i said if this is something that takes off you have to be prepared for the fact that there are going to be people who are going to be critical of what you're saying that's gonna you can't change that and it can't consume you either if it's working for 90 percent of the people if what you have to say is interesting to 90 percent of the people don't let any negative voices deter you from why you're doing it right yeah that it has been a challenge because even from one day to the next i can convince myself that this is a bad idea so i appreciate the fact that i've been able to pick up the phone and call you because you have been a huge encouragement to me 
you and I had a conversation that I referenced a couple of days ago about um, really needing validation and how it feels mm -hmm. to, you know, if you are asking someone for validation that is not in the same frame of mind, like there are people who just know they're awesome. They, they completely, you couldn't yes. convince them otherwise. And no. I learned that those are not the people that ask for help when you're in the state of mind that I find myself often in, in that I, I just need validation. And I hesitated to phrase it like you did, because I think, well, it's a family-friendly <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but I do very much hate that feeling. Like, even now, as you're saying these things, I'm starting to get uncomfortable. I, I want to be okay with, I asked you the question, right? Like, tell me right. how some of this has been positive or how you know those positive attributes. And as you're saying them, I start to kind of feel like, is this, is this sounding like I'm just, you know, fishing for compliments? And the answer is yes, I was. No, yeah. it's not. It's not. It's uncomfortable. You know what it is that we, that we have is it's because uh, I suffer from the same thing. We have contained confidence, but the moment that we have to put our work on display, mm. it's like uh, you're able to make good things happen because you know how to do it. I think it's great that you're doing this and, you know, people are going to relate to it because I think that there's a lot of, there's more of us than then there isn't that deal with this. I think and, you're right. And this isn't about healing anything. It's just about saying, hey, you know what? This is what we go through and how do we manage it? How do we make it work for us in a positive way? And how do we get away from negative stereotypes that make us think that we're somehow damaged yeah. and broken? Well, and I think that coming together, like shedding some light on it and not, you know, taking, removing any of the shame of it, I think is helpful. And when you're able to share this out loud with people that you care about and it's well received or you get encouragement or even sometimes you get laughed at, right? Like that's okay too. Right. I think that when you're able to share it, it makes the whole experience more enjoyable because you're not in it alone. So right. I want to thank you because you've not ever okay. left me alone. And I, uh, hopefully not. we get to do this again. I'm going to have to go through and, and uh, really kind of take a listen to some of the stuff that you've said and try to take it in to really absorb some of it. Because I think you've really, you know, landed some real gems that I need to kind of take in and look at. But for now, I appreciate the time. And I hope that I know, I know we're going to talk again soon. So oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate you being on, Chris, and we'll okay. talk. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank All you. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, there you have it. That was a quick look into a conversation among friends. I hope that you've enjoyed this bonus episode today. I'm going to go ahead and take a minute to go back and listen to the conversation again, because I really do think that there's some items there that Chris was able to pick up on that I can really uh, stand to look at a little bit closer and learn from that. So I would expect that you'll hear a podcast coming from some of those things. One of them that surprised me the most was that he said I was a perfectionist. I have a hard time with that one because I think that it's true, but I disguise it as not good enough. And that is just a crazy, for me, it's just, it's just a crazy cycle. So anyhow, I will leave you here now. And I thank you so much for joining this. I, I am just so privileged that I can share this wonderful friendship that I have with somebody and that you have uh, chosen to join us. I thank you again for being a part of this sweet deviation. Thanks a lot.